Chapter 15 of The Silent House. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Silent House by Fergus Hume. Chapter 15 rhoda and the cloak the one servant of mrs bensusan was a girl of seventeen who had a local fame in the neighbourhood on account of her sharp tongue and many precocious qualities no one knew who her parents were or where the fat landlady had picked her up but she had been in the jersey street house some ten years and had been educated and in a manner adopted by its mistress, although Mrs. Ben Susan always gave her cronies to understand that Rhoda was simply and solely the domestic of the establishment. Nevertheless, for one of her humble positions, she had a wonderful power over her stout employer, the power of a strong mind over a weak one, and in spite of her youth it was well known that Rhoda managed the domestic economy of the house. Mrs. Ben Susan was the sovereign, Rhoda the prime minister. This position she had earned by dint of her own sharpness in dealing with the world, and the local tradesmen were afraid of Rhoda. Mrs. Ben Susan's devil, they called her, and never dared to give short weight or charge extra prices or pass off damaged goods as new when rhoda was the purchaser on the contrary number nine jersey street was supplied with everything of the best promptly and civilly at ordinary market rates for neither butcher nor baker nor candlestick maker was daring enough to risk rhoda's tongue raging like a prairie fire over their shortcomings several landladies knowing rhoda's value had tried to entice her from mrs ben susan by offers of higher wages and better quarters but the girl refused to leave her stout mistress and so continued quite a fixture of the lodgings even in the city rhoda had been spoken of by clerks who had lived in jersey street and so had more than a local reputation for originality this celebrated handmaid was as lean as her mistress was stout. Her hair was magnificent in quality and quantity, but alas, was of the unpopular tint called red, not auburn or copper-hued or the famous Titian color, but a blazing fiery red which made it look like a comic wig. Her face was pale and freckled, her eyes black, in strange contrast to her hair, and her mouth large, but garnished with an excellent set of white teeth. Rhoda was not neat in her attire, perhaps not having arrived at the age of coquetry, for she wore a dingy grey dress much too short for her, a pair of carpet slippers which had been left by a departed lodger, and usually went about with her sleeves tucked up and a resolute look on her sharp face. Such was the appearance of Mrs. Ben Susan's devil, 
who entered to forbid her mistress confiding in lucian oh rhoda groaned mrs bensusan you bad girl i believe as you've ad your ear to the keyhole i have retorted rhoda defiantly it's been there for five minutes and it's good it is for you mum as i ain't above listening what do you mean sir she cried turning on lucian like a fierce sparrow by coming ere to frighten two lone females and her as innocent as a spring chicken oh said lucian looking at her composedly so you are the celebrated rhoda i've heard of you not much good then sir if miss grebe was talking rejoined the red-haired girl with a sniff oh i know her rhoda rhoda bleated her mistress do old your tongue i tell you this gentleman's a police he ain't said the undaunted rhoda he's in the law oh i knows him ain't the law the police you foolish gal of course it began rhoda when lucian who thought that she had displayed quite sufficient eccentricity cut her short with a quick gesture see here my girl he said sharply you must not behave in this fashion i have reason to believe that the assassin of mr vrain entered the house through the premises of your mistress locks what a horrible idea shrieked mrs bensusan good evans rhoda did you see the murdering villain me no i never saw nothing mum replied rhoda doggedly lucian watching the girl's face and the uneasy expression in her eyes felt convinced she was not telling the truth it was no use forcing her to speak as he saw very plainly that rhoda was one of those obstinate people whom severity only hardened much more could be done with her by kindness and denzel adopted this to him more congenial course if rhoda is bound by any promise mrs bensusan i do not wish her to speak he said indifferently but in the interest of justice i am sure you will not refuse to answer my questions lord sir i know nothing whimpered the terrified landlady will you answer a few questions asked denzel persuasively mrs bensusan glanced in a scared manner at rhoda who meanwhile had been standing in a sullen and hesitating attitude when she thought herself unobserved she stole swift glances at the visitor trying evidently to read his character by observation of his face and manner it would seem that her scrutiny was favorable for before mrs bensusan could answer lucian's question she asked him one herself what do you want to know sir i want to know all about mr wrent why because i fancy he has something to do with this crime lord groaned mrs bensusan have i waited on a murderer i don't say he is the murderer mrs bensusan but he knows something likely to put us on the track of the criminal what makes ye take up the case demanded rhoda sharply because i know that mr wrent came to board in this house shortly after mr vrain occupied number thirteen replied denzel who says he did 
Miss Grebe, my landlady, and she also told me that he left here two days after the murder. That's as true as true, cried Mrs. Ben Susan. Ain't it, Rhoda? We lost him cause he said he couldn't abide living near a house where a crime had been committed. Well then, continued Lucian, seeing that Rhoda, without speaking, continued to watch him, the coincidence of Mr. Rent's stay with that of Mr. Vrain's strikes me as peculiar. You are a sharp one, you are, said Rhoda with an approving nod. Look here, Mr. Denzel, would you break a promise? That depends on what the promise was. It was one I made to hold my tongue. About what? Several things, said the girl shortly. Have they to do with this crime? asked lucian eagerly i don't know i can't say said rhoda then suddenly her face grew black i'll tell you what sir i hate mr wrent she declared oh rhoda cried mrs ben susan after the lovely cloak he gave you the red-haired girl looked contemptuously at her mistress then without a word darted out of the room before Lucian could conjecture the reason of her strange conduct, or Mrs. Ben Susan could get her breath again, a very difficult operation for her, Rhoda was back with the blue cloth cloak, lined with rabbit skin, hanging over her arm. This she threw down at the feet of Lucian, and stamped on it savagely with the carpeted slippers. There's his presence, she cried angrily but I wish I could dance on him the same way. I wish, I wish I could hang him. Can you? demanded Lucian swiftly, taking her in a moment of wrath when she seemed disposed to speak. No, said Rhoda shortly. I can't. Do you think he killed Mr. Vrain? No, I don't. Do you know who did? Blessed if I do. Does Mr. Rent? asked Denzel meaningly. The girl wet her finger and went through a childish game. That's wet, she said, then wiping the finger on her dingy skirt. That's dry. Cut my throat if I tell a lie. Ask me something easier, Mr. Denzel. I don't understand you, said Lucian, quite puzzled. Rhoda, Rhoda, have you gone crazy? wailed Mrs. Ben Susan. Look here, said the girl, taking no notice of her mistress. Do you want to know about Mr. Wrent? Yes, I do. And about that side passage as you talked of to the missus? Yes. Then I'll answer your questions, sir. You know all I know. Very good, said Lucian, with an approving smile. Now you are talking like a sensible girl. Rhoda, you ain't going to talk bad of Mr. Wrent. It ain't bad and it ain't good, replied Rhoda. It's betwixt and between. Well, I must ear all. I don't want the character of the house took away, said Mrs. Ben Susan with an attempt at firmness. That's all right, rejoined Rhoda reassuringly. You can join in yourself when you like. Fire away, Mr. Denzel. Who is Mr. Rent? asked Lucian, going straight to the point. I don't know, replied Rhoda, and henceforth the examination proceeded as though the girl were in the witness box and Lucian counsel for the prosecution. 
Question. When did he come to Jersey Street? Answer. At the end of July last year. Question. When did he go away? Answer. The morning after Boxing Day. Question. Can you describe his appearance? Answer. He was of middle height, with a fair complexion, white hair, and a white beard growing all over his face. He was untidy about his clothes, and kept a good deal to his own room among a lot of books. I don't think he was quite right in his head. Question. Did he pay his rent regularly? Answer. Yes, except when he was away. He would go away for a week at a time. Question. Was he in the house on Christmas Eve? Answer. Yes, sir. He came back two days before Christmas. Question. Where had he been? Answer. I don't know. He did not say. Question. Did he have any visitors? Answer. He did. A tall, dark man and a lady. Question. What was the lady like? Answer. A little woman. I never saw her face as she always kept her veil down. Question. What kind of veil did she wear? Answer. A black gauze veil with velvet spots. Question. Did she come often to see Mr. Rent? Answer. Yes, four or five times. Question. When did she call last? Answer. On Christmas Eve. Question. At what hour? Answer. She came at seven and went away at eight. I know that because she had supper with Mr. Rent. Question. Did she leave the house? Answer. I let her out myself. Question. Did you ever hear any conversation between them? Answer. No. Mr. Rent took care of that. I never got any chance of listening at keyholes with him. He was a sharp one, for all his craziness. Question. What was the male visitor like? Answer. He was tall and dark with a black mustache. Question. Do you think he was a foreigner? Answer. I don't know. I never heard him speak. Mr. Rent let him out, as usual. Question. When did he visit Mr. Rent last? Answer. On Christmas Eve. He came with the lady. Question. Did he stay to supper also? Answer. No. He went away at half past seven. Mr. Rent let him out, as usual. Question. Did he go away altogether? Answer. I, I, I'm not sure. Here the witness hesitated. Question. Why did Mr. Rent give you the cloak? Answer. To make me hold my tongue about the dark man. Question. Why? Answer. Because I saw him in the backyard. Question. On what night? Answer. On the night of Christmas Eve, about half past eight. End of chapter 15